Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. We should call this episode the one thing that every couple can do to strengthen their relationship. Now, there's multiple things, but this is like a really good one. This is a good one. This is like a I, big of, part of our relationship. The weird thing is this is one of the things I like most about our relationship. I agree. It's such a weird thing that actually was not on my radar for the first 10 years of us being married. I concur. Sorry, I had are to you, adjust my microphone. Are you sure? Yeah, no. Um, and this episode was my idea. Am I sure? Um, it's – what are we – you good? Get in your position. Get in your position. Just settling in. Settle in. <clears throat> the thing that we love about our relationship, the thing that we feel like has made us grow so much as a couple, but not just as a couple, it's made us grow so strong as individuals, is pushing ourselves to train for an endurance test together. Yep. Now, maybe some of you heard that and you're like, no, shut the podcast off. I'm not interested. I'm not doing a 5K. I'm not doing a 10K. I'm not doing a half or a full or a run through the Irish mountainside or a whatever. (laughs) But there's a reason that so many people love these things. There's a reason that people do them over and over. And if you've never challenged yourself to do some kind of test of endurance, you are really missing out on an opportunity to blow your own mind. I want to reiterate that we were not people who were self-identifying as runners at the beginning of our relationship, even like five years into our relationship. I would have said unequivocally, I'm not a runner. You're not a runner. I hate, I would have been like, I hate running. Yeah. And it's so dumb how often we decide that we hate something we've never actually attempted before. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. Okay, I think that we should make some rules for how we're handling all of this. 
Okay. Um, and this is a joint rule making. It's not just me. If you get tired, I will carry you up the mountain. That is not the kind of rule I'm talking about. Here's the kind of rule I'm talking about. I think we should commit to not verbally saying how hard it is. That is impossible for me. What? <laughs> what? Don't you think it would be very more powerful if we don't give any weight audibly to how awful it is? Complaining is my love language. So if I'm doing something hard and I can't complain about it, it's like it didn't exist. But uh, all joking aside, are you being serious? Like you don't think you could climb it without saying like it's really hard? I'm not going to say a dang word. And the fact that you think I'm like incapable of it actually makes me want to climb faster and farther. When we get to the end of 13, I'm going to see if they can let me do 14 for this. Dave, let's just be serious for a minute. We're not. Can you just... I really want to make rules. The first rule is that I can make jokes anytime during this climb. I mean, fine. I just, I wanted to actually come up with like some real things to help us, but you could just press the button and take the parking ticket. Please take the parking ticket. Mess around. Well, we've made it to Utah. We have, we have made it to Utah. Uh, we were talking about rules when you were scolding me for not being serious and I was apologizing for being who I am. <laughs> Just keep making jokes, buddy. That's the way I get through hard things. It's See not. all of your labors. Yeah, I know. You didn't have to do anything hard during my labors. You just made dumb jokes. You don't think me being there with you was hard for me? Get out of here. All right, let's talk serious now. What are the rules of the mountain? Um, I think we have to have a very serious conversation about what happens if one of us can't continue. Well, I think the first role that one of us that can still continue has to play is convincing the other person that that is yeah, a thing we have to get over. Yeah, I have my speech. I have my speech for you in my head that I will say. Oh, you think it's going to be me that stops first? Are you kidding me? Well, in this case, we might as well just go for 50 miles straight up. You have talked nonstop about how precious and you are about altitude. I once produced two weeks straight of round-the-clock events while 13 weeks pregnant at the altitude we're about to climb. I can do anything. I forgot about the altitude until you just brought it up, and now I feel a little dizzy. <laughs> No, but serious, maybe it's me. Maybe I twist my ankle. Who knows? Why would you conjure up ankle I twisting? I'd, I'd spit twice on my two fingers. That does something I saw in a movie once. Don't worry. Uh, David Goggins says, you have to imagine the worst case scenario so that it doesn't surprise you. So all I'm saying is what happens if one of us can't continue? And I have my speech I'm going to give you, and it's a good one. Like the speech I have, I'm pretty sure even if you lost a leg, you keep going uh no matter what because here's the thing i have been trying to visualize while i've been running the hard part or the good part the hard part yeah that's what you that's what you gotta do so i've been running like i've intentionally been running when it's that's true 100 degrees really, that is true and i decided okay. to read what like run after 11 a.m so that i could see how a sixth mile at 100 degrees feels 
so that I could tell myself this is what it's going to be like when you're on the mountain and you're like, I want to stop and I'm just going to tell myself I'm not stopping. Okay. Uh, as safety uh, sidebar, I did have a gallon of water and electrolytes when I was out running at 100 degrees for six miles. So yeah, don't, don't do anything do stupid, do please. Hey, but for real, we're not. you're not answering my question. You're telling me all the reasons you can continue. I'm asking what happens if you can't. Then it's time for some tough love. I think, like, we have to start with, yes, you can, instead of like a place of compassion you have I think you have to no, start no, with I got that my speech is going to be almost on the verge of mean it's a really good speech I already know okay but I'm not going to tell you now in case I need to pull it out will it make me feel shame yes but the shame will make you go oh the best kind of motivation for me that's when you're at the bottom when you're puking behind a rock that's the kind of thing that you need. Yeah, I want to feel terrible about myself if I don't get up and keep going. That's the only way I know to motivate you because giving you a hug isn't going to help you. That's fair. Okay, I don't I don't even like say, to I don't like skin to skin contact with you at all. The rule is if one of us just like we tried everything fundamentally you cannot continue. The other person goes on. And I'm, I'm not staying down cuz you're down. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless it's me, in which case you have to wait. No. Get a wagon and like, drag me no, up the hill. This is like that time that we were climbing that church in whatever European city, and I left you behind. Is there a cathedral on this mountain? I mean, do God, we have to go God's up a cathedral? Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, here's the thing: I'm not stopping. Great. I think that's. A, I think that is the second rule. Is I think we should we should try to not stop. Is there like do they shut the mountain off at night, or it's like truly you could go all night? That's like can you shut God's mountain off at night? You no, can't. No, but you saw the it rules. Is, I saw the rules. It is open from six a.m. on Friday to six p.m. on Saturday. It does not close. It is throw on a a headlamp, a, a headlamp and say a prayer. Yeah. So. I love the idea of powering through, and then when everybody else is struggling to do their last three, we're like we're sitting sleeping. in a jacuzzi. Yeah, we're sleeping. Like we're we went sleeping. We're in a room at like yeah. somewhere. We're getting a massage at the old Four Seasons mountaintop. <laughs> I don't know if they have one of those, but either. they should. I don't even That's know what mountain role. we're going to. I don't either. Um, Okay, so if you have to, you can leave a man behind, but only if that person cannot continue the entire race. Absolutely. Here, yeah. uh, uh, but otherwise, you got to stay with your partner. Of course. We are, st we are staying together. You are the king of leaving me behind. I, I promise you I will not leave you behind. Here's, here's the rule. This is a, I think this is a better rule. There has to be mutual agreement on being left behind. It's, what do you it, mean? It's like a nuclear missile. Like you need two, two keys. keys. <laughs> you need two keys. So if you decide I'm leaving you behind and I am at a point where I cannot be left behind because Kirk Cameron, I'm I... I'm not going to leave you behind like on the side of the mountain. I'm going to leave you in the tent on the air mattress. Well, this is a completely different thing then. I oh, didn't realize yeah. this. I thought I was being left in a ditch on no. the side of the hill no, I mean, off like get... by the boundary no, where I, the people I'm... with the snowmobiles don't even Calm find down. people until no next snow. year. Chill out. You can drive a snowmobile on this mountain anytime. I don't know. What it's you're called talking. an off-terrain. I don't know what you're talking about. All-terrain. Um, Multi-terrain. Wow. 
Other rules? Other rules. Well, I think we started with no complaining, and I do actually agree. That's a great... So, you're, so you can't I'm, talk I'm about how hard it is. Can't talk about how hard it is. And even more, what I'd say... What a good lesson for life that is. Oh, geez. Here we go. Try and take this off the mountain. Yeah. Uh, how about just like a rule of positivity? Because like not complaining is one thing, but oh, being positive is a different say, thing. What if when it's so awful, you can, o- like, you can only express positivity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can only, like if your legs are really burning, you can just be like, thank God for these arms. That's weird. <laughs> no, because your arms are going to help you when your legs are tired. Yeah. I, that's I w- not weird. No, that's not weird. You're right. At least I got these arms holding these poles that feel pretty heavy you know right what? now. I you can't say that, it, though, because it's negative. It, it, I'm just getting out of my system. Uh, are we listening to music on the hill? Well, I think it's got to be a combo of both because there is not, like, the charging of phones is a situation. We're good on that. I, we, I've got five batteries and multiple pairs of headphones. I think that it's a mix of like, I think that if we have people to talk to, that's probably wise because that makes you forget. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a mix. I don't think it's like running a marathon where the whole time you're like, your headphones are in. Okay. That'll be interesting. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... You got to assume there's at least a few interesting people here. Oh no, I'm excited about the possibility of interesting people. I've only experienced endurance of any kind with music playing in my ears the entire time. No, we climbed that thing with Trent and we didn't have music on at all. That I'm we talking talked. I'm talking about a half marathon kind of experience. I understand, but this isn't a run. This is slow. Slow and steady. Uh-huh. It's like a turtle. I thought I hated running because I'd been told that tall people couldn't run. <laughs> what? what is that? Who told you that? Who do you think? Your mom. Of course. Beca- and God bless her. She had my best interests at heart because she heard one time of one person who'd hurt their hips running. Isn't that crazy how many capital T truths that we come to accept as humans that someone else said to us, as their truth based on nothing factual. Yeah, based on a like single example that they decided to extrapolate into it, meaning every human who is tall now automatically will have joint problems if they run. Or it's basically it's like the parental version of an urban legend. Yeah. Like they tell you, you know, if if a car's headlights are off, don't you flip your head. Don't you flash your brights because that's a gang initiation. They're going to come back and take you down. What yep. were the other urban legends that you believed growing up? Oh, there was an urban legend going around for a while about putting your finger into a phone booth. I mean, like, where's a phone booth? But, like, the coin machine, like, the little coin, like, return. That something would stab you? That something would stab you. And then you would look on the side of the phone booth and it would say, welcome to the world of AIDS. <laughs> I mean, that, that urban That's legends sometimes so, are dark. So dark and inappropriate, but I also heard that legend. Uh, I heard forever about poor Alec Baldwin. Alec no. Bald- no, you no. didn't hear about Alec Baldwin. Who'd you hear about? That other handsome Richard Gere. Richard Gere. And no, we're not going to say what that nope. myth was. Totally inappropriate, but, but everyone everybody. our age knows yeah. what Richard Gere's story was. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. It's like Fight Club. 
But the point is that most of us have beliefs what about ourselves. No, what a this weird was a per- segue. it was a perfect segue, and you ruined it. There's only one perfect segue. That's the one that Kevin James was riding on in Mall. Paul Cop. Blark Mall. Cop. That is correct. Anyway. So many of us have beliefs about ourselves and what we're capable of because of what someone told us or because of the lens through which we view the world. Totally agree. And the whole point is that we did not start out as people who are into this. And we say that because if you if there's some part of you that's like, man, I would like to test myself. I would like to push myself with, you know, our, man, that would be so powerful for our relationship to train for something like this together the first thing that one or both of you is going to have to do is get out of your own way. By the way, though, I don't even think that if you if you don't do this, you don't think this is a thing that will strengthen your relationship. Exactly right. And I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for ways to strengthen your re- relationship, you started it out this way. Like, this is a thing. Because us doing these things together, these the the runs, the thing that we have. I mean, like at the end of the month, we've got a thing. Yeah, oh. we'll get to that. We'll get to we'll that. Get to what but we're like training for. the 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 times when we've trained together, it's been almost like it's like a it's a metaphor for the way that we have to show up seasonally as the leader in our life. Absolutely. Like there are times when we're pushing the other to maintain a pace that they don't think they're capable of, so that they can see that they're able to maintain the pace. I also think it's really interesting, and we would have never known this if we didn't run together. My strength is stamina. Like, I am mind over matter. I can run forever. Like, I am – we're training for this huge – the hardest endurance thing we've ever done at the end of this month. And I'm scared because it's really hard, but I'm like – I have got this. I will crawl on bloody stumps. Like I will, I am so, honestly, one of my spiritual giftings is mind over matter. Yeah. You are so strong in terms of speed. Like I can't go fast, but I can go long. And you will powerhouse, kill it, and then need me as a partner to kind of be like, okay, here, let's keep going. And I need you as a partner to push me to go faster. Yeah. And but we would never have known that in we would never have known that outside of this situation. So we'll let let's start with where did this begin? Cuz we uh, picture us what year? It was when I was pregnant with Ford? Yeah, probably. Ford, Ford is 7, so 8 years ago. Yep. Just to give you a picture, we're pretty unhealthy. We're still, you know, having frappuccinos, eating fast food, not not thoughtful of our health at all, working out a little bit, but like not really. where once every two weeks you like go do a crunch and feel proud of yourself. Yep. And Dave's like second in command at work asks him to run a marathon. No. We were challenged. You were challenged. Yeah, I was uh, – we were like – He's a, he was he's just a little bit older than I was that, that I am he's like been a runner his entire life we'd had a disagreement about something else and out of his mouth falls I challenge you to a 5k like he's gonna now show me the younger whippersnapper that he can destroy me in something and I'm like bring it on now I have zero experience running I have never run anything but 
I'm competitive. I liked the idea of being challenged by my right hand. And I was like, let's go. And so from the I like, think he challenged you to run a half, but the first thing you did was a 5K. He challenged me to a 5K. Oh, really? Yes, I remember exactly where it was. It was in Culver City. No, I know, but I thought that that was like your test of endurance to run the half. He challenged me to a 5K. <laughs> so he challenged me to a 5K, and that 5K challenge was the beginning of us getting into and becoming humans who run. Got it. And so... Uh, he, we got to the 5k, 5k is a little more than three miles and he smoked me. And at the time that three mile run, a thing that I do more than every single day of my life now felt very long. Yeah. I mean, it was a far run for me at that time as a person who never ran, but because in part I got beat as bad as I did and was competitive as I was. I needed a rematch. I was like Rocky coming out of Rocky One. Need Rocky Two to come back and try and get that, that Apollo. Means, but it's okay. okay. It's okay. But also, um, I ran and my hip didn't fall off. Right? <laughs> I mean, like the, oh my god, the thing that I'd been told was going to absolutely happen if I, as a tall person, were to have run, didn't didn't come to pass. And so now I realize, wait a second, I actually am able to run. I'm going to run again. And it began then this like, okay, let's, let's turn a 5K into a 10K. Let's turn a 10K into a half marathon. And, and I was I was very pregnant at the time, and I was so bummed out that my partner was getting into incredible shape, challenging himself, and I'm, you know, seven, eight months pregnant and can't start a new workout. So I'm – the competitive part of me is like, well, I want to do this. Yeah. And while I was pregnant with Ford – you ran your half and like I couldn't even believe that you ran a half like how 13 mile like it was the most amazing thing and I was so jealous like I wanted it so badly for myself and I never thought that I would be a runner I never thought I would take it on and it wasn't a desire to run it was a desire to do what you had done yeah and so the next year like a full year later we decide to run that same half marathon together. And it was so special. Yeah. Like, it it just was so special because it's, I mean, I don't know if you guys listening to this, like if you think it sounds crazy, but it was so hard to do. And that's what makes it special because you you do it. Yeah. Well, by the way, it's not like you like do a half marathon by driving to the location, getting out of the car, putting a number on your shirt and running. Good point. The the experience, what makes it amazing is that it takes months of training to get to a place where you can drive to the parking lot, put on the bib and run the race. And so it forced us into a, a like interruption from regular programming around the Rose Bowl where that was where we would Mm -hmm. run and we would start small. We do, you know, like not even a full lap done. A full lap was three miles. And then, you know, by the time you get to the end of the training, you're running three laps, nine miles, getting yourself in a position to finish a 13 mile race. But that's committing to what ends up being a couple hours of time on a Sunday, whatever it might be. And I would also say I love training for something. Obviously when you sign up for any kind of race like this, there's an entry fee. And depending on what race you're signing up for, some are more expensive than others. But the training itself is a free date. Yeah. You know, we train outside. So we put sneakers on and we go run together. And it's a 
it's a, a date that doesn't cost you anything but time. It makes you feel better. You've got endorphins. You're, you've got more energy, all the good stuff, right? And it's also a date that doesn't involve food or alcohol or some of the things that maybe we would have chosen in the past that were not very healthy for us. It just was like every part of it was a win. And I think that first half, I honestly think we ran most of it together. And then at the end, we like split up. Yeah. But it still felt like this profound and beautiful thing to do as a couple because we both crossed that finish line and we both were so proud of ourselves. And also, I just want to say we loved it. And I would really encourage you guys in this if you're if it's possible for you, if you have the finances to afford it. Choose a choose a race, choose your endurance thing, choose your half or your 10K or whatever it is in a city that's not where you live. Um, we lived in LA and the race we always did was in Anaheim, which was about an hour, hour and a half in traffic. So it forced us to get a hotel room the night before because any of those races, you got to be there super early. So we'd have a hotel room. We'd, you know, get ready. You'd lay your race stuff out. You put your bib on, you get your goo packets, you do the whole thing. You go have your carb dinner, right? We would always go so embarrassed. Like we'd so much always go to Outback Steakhouse for our carb dinner, like because we stayed at the same place every time. I don't know that a bloomin' onion is the way to prep for anything, but that was part of our Felt plan. Right. Felt right. And then we'd do the race, and then we would always go to brunch afterwards, and we would be home by early afternoon that next day. So it was only one night away from our kids. But because it's so far in advance, it's like this planned little mini vacation that you do as a couple. And it w- it became – there was just a rhythm to it. We did that same race every year. And then we would be like, oh, well, what's another city that we can do? We tried it in – you know, hey, we're going to do one in Hollywood or we're going to do – they were always like not – we didn't like fly to Australia. But we always did it somewhere that it kind of felt like a little bit special. It was a chance to get away. It's yeah, steep. It is steep. Slow. All right. This is first first hill, first climb. We're doing a podcast podcast about this. We're going to do this every single hill. Right now, my spirits are high, but it is, it's steeper than I thought. I'm not saying anything negative. What I was going to say is I wish it was steeper because I'd like a challenge, but. Because that wasn't a challenge. He's trying to psych it. He's trying to psych Trying to psych myself out. Also, it was kind of like, you know, when you're like looking forward to going to the house where you're going to open presents on Christmas morning, but you don't know where it is, and you're, like, anticipating it in a way that makes it feel very long. What childhood scenario did you not know the house you're going to open presents on Christmas morning? This is a hypothetical. I'm making this up. But the headline ends up being that not knowing, like, how steep the hill was going to be or where the bend was or whatever the first time up made it feel very long for me. Okay. And I was watching you guys talk like you guys were like girlfriends from high school, yeah, and I don't are. understand how you could possibly keep talking the entire time. Is my favorite people in the world, so finding one on the mountain, I'm like, let's talk about all the things. How's your marketing? What's your email list look like? It's my favorite. I'm still trying to find my favorite person in the world. Yeah. Yeah? You own a business together? We do. What yeah. is it? Um, indie Family Wellness. Okay. So naturopathic and chiropractic. Awesome. Yeah. Are you a chiropractor? I am. Cool. I need you later. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, no. I'm going to adjust my dad.
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. All right, second gondola ride down. We've had two inclines telling strangers in our gondola that we are recording a podcast. What's up? Yeah! My second trip up, surprisingly, the first half of the second trip, I had to tap into some of the stuff that I thought I was saving for the eighth trip. (laughs) Like, you are not stopping. You are like you are just one step, one one step, next step, next step, and I for sure thought that that was going to be eight hours from now. Would it be more helpful if I stayed by you, or that would throw you off more? Uh, I don't know. The thing is, I can't talk. That's oh, yeah. that's real. Yeah, we had we had talk. like an eight word conversation. I was like, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> I, uh, I can't like ask him why he's doing this, but <laughs> I can't speak. You drag a three hundred seventy-five mile, seventy-five pound sled across Antarctica, then you come off. Jeez, seriously, <laughs> we're in a gondola with someone, Colin here, who has actually walked across Antarctica. I mean, Lord. We're talking about what you were saying to ourselves every single morning. The first first day, I wanted to quit on that fifty-four day journey, a thousand miles across Antarctica. But the words that came to me that first morning, I set up in my tent all on, I go, Colin, you are strong, you are capable. You are strong, you are And I didn't quite believe it at first, but yeah. it was just like, I believe we are the stories we tell ourselves. Amen. That's so, good. Uh, that's been my mantra for a long time. So you can use it on, on number eight when you need number eight. I'm, number re- I'm ready. I'm about to do <laughs> Rachel does an affirmation with Noah, every our daughter, every single night. Like, I'm about to start doing it on number three. Uh, what do you think of number two? Um, so my get now I know my plan is just I need to find cool people to talk to because if I can talk to someone I could walk up any mountain apparently. Wow. I don't know. I just it makes me not think about it. Mm-hmm. At some time, like I was on some of the steeper parts was when I was like telling you about our business and I was like, and then. <laughs> I know, but, when you were talking to me, I was like, oh, I got this. Let's go. It's like a live podcast. A lot of cool people out here. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Cool thing is, we've now done 14 half marathons. Uh-huh. So we are, like, it's our jam. We love it. I did, it's worth saying. So I did a full. Yes, you did. And you were with me for a lot of it. Yeah. And then, this I, is where my mind over matter beats your speed. Yeah. No, I hit, the like, there's a training week where... It got up to 18 or 19 miles, and when I hit the 18th mile, my body was just like... You did... Okay. I you re- didn't make it to 18, and here's why. Because you approached, tra- you approached that marathon the way Trent approached running the half with us in Waco. Yeah. You were like, I'll just show up for the long runs and not do any training in between. So every weekend I would do my long run, but when you're training for a race, you have to do a couple of runs during the week. Dave never did the during the week. He just showed up like machismo. Here I go. And that's why, by the way, like 
congratulations. You made it so far without those middle trainings. Yeah. But when it got down to it, it was like, you can't. Did you so, did you but, psych yourself out? I'm curious. Like, why? I psyched myself. I, well, the thing is, I psyched myself out, and I started believing the capital T truths that I was told back in the day. I was like, oh, you know what? My mom was right. I can't do this because I'm I tall. I can't do this because I'm tall. I can't not do this because I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. Training. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought, you know what? This is, you know what? This is bad for my body. I just shouldn't do it. I, my mind was not as strong to overcome Can the Can we excuses. unpack that for one minute? No. No, that's the whole point. You really don't want to? Of course I'm open to. What are you talking about? <laughs> we talk about everything on this show. Well, but so I think this is interesting. And I think you guys are watching in real time how us doing these things together gives us this kind of language to unpack. So I think that's really interesting that what you told yourself in that moment was it was like, there's something about my body that means that I can't do this, completely negating the fact that you 100% had not been training for it. Yeah. And I just think that's interesting because there are listeners right now listening to this who have something in their life. Maybe it's not a race, but there's something in their life where like, I'm just not built this way. And then if you had someone else looking at it, you'd be like, what are you talking about, Susan? Like, you haven't actually made any effort. Okay. Then if we're going to go super Dr. Deborah on this, I think part of my not training was my worry of not being able to do it. And so if I didn't train, I could have a get out of jail card when it didn't work out. Whoa. I know. So So, like I was self-sabotaging my chances to even like get to the starting line because of having convinced myself that I might not be able to finish the race. Better to quit. Better to quit. Better to not train and quit than to try and fail. For sure. I know. Fixed mindset. Total fixed mindset. I know. If you guys have not read Mindset by Carol Dweck that you're missing yeah it's so so good if you have if you've never run and you're like man i am like contemplating this is kind of interesting i don't know that we've sold it as well as we you know can but it's one of my favorite things it's one of our favorite things in the entire world and they're 100 are free resources on the internet right now if you google half marathon plan 10k plan 5k plan when the date of the race is and what today's date is, you can have something mapped out very simply for you that'll give you what do you do on Monday, what do you do on Thursday, what do you do on Sunday or Saturday. There very much is for long distance running something about running what they call a tempo race, which a tempo run, which is like trying to run a little bit faster for a shorter period of time. There is something that is about uh, like a longer run at a shorter time frame, and then there's just a long run. Yeah. And that like mixing up of those kind of runs and increasing distance over time or increasing speed over time is the way that you slowly build your body into a position to be able to start and finish the race that you're For what it's about. worth, I do not and have never trained any way except distance. Yeah. I've tried tempo runs and that and it 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 discourages me. But if you just say like you gotta run sixteen miles, I'll run your miles. I don't know how long it's gonna take me but I will run them. Like our assistant right now is training for her first marathon and her training is all about the time. So it'll be, it'll be like, you got to go run for two hours. You got to go run for three hours. And I'm like, that would mess with my mind so bad because I love just get to this mile. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you. And if you finish fast, good for you. And if you don't, it's fine because you got to your mile. 
I will say the the Waco half marathon for me, best time I've ever run. It was like basically me keeping 10 minute mile pace for all of the 13 miles. I was very, very proud of that. And the number of miles that I put on the road since that race is almost 200 miles. Like I have been running like a fiend and I've been doing it in part because man, it's an awesome outlet. I've like, I'm in the best shape of my entire life right now at 44 years old. I feel great about that. But also I am going to run a marathon. I am going to, I mean, like I'm I'm going to, that's what I was going to ask is like the follow-up is you didn't do that one and then you regret it. I regret it. I 100% regret it. And my my motivation, what's interesting is I always thought I would run one, but my motivation was the wrong one. My motivation was I need to run this because Rachel did and I didn't. And that's the, that actually for me is the wrong kind of motivation. What I've now decided is I want to run it to show myself I can, mm. which is a way like stronger thing for me to more tap powerful. into and more powerful as a like just motivator. So when I've been running, I've been running consecutive days lately in a way that is challenging what I previously thought about how much rest my legs needed or how hard I could go. And I mean, like it's August 7th as we're recording this seven days into the month, I've run 27 miles in the month in seven days. Like for me feels good. Five yeah. runs in seven days. Let's go. And like, and I, fe- and the thing is I feel great about it. I could, we ran six miles this morning. I could do six tonight. There's I'm, also, I'm ready to do yeah, it. Yeah, there's also some correlation between not drinking and running more. Oh, for right? sure. I mean, I can absolutely see how the like way that I've coped with almost anything usually was me reverting to or going to something that was more negative than it was positive, like almost exclusively reaching for something negative and drinking I haven't had a drink in like almost five months, yay for me. And running in a huge way has been this fantastic substitute as a coping mechanism for like getting out and getting my head clear or being able to like really work through and process the stuff that would have normally been a trigger for, hey, grab a drink, take the hard edges of a long day off. I'm like, nope, throw your shoes on. See if you can throw four miles on in a hundred degree heat in the middle of hill country. That like that has been an awesome, awesome blessing in like the decision to be healthy, but also like it's just a rad coping mechanism. Man, I it like is. I I love the roads for that. Well, and when you are it sounds like crazy, but like when you're exhausted from a workout, like when you really put effort in on a run, there's no gimmick, there's no machine. There's it's your body and your willingness to move forward. Yeah. Period. Which is so powerful, but it's also exhausting. So for me, the running was, when I first started running, was the best tool that I had to deal with anxiety. Yeah. Like if I could run several times a week, it my anxiety diminished into almost nothing because I had this thing that was sort of pulling down, you know, it's your cortisol levels are lowering, your endorphins are being released. You have something to kind of put that energy into instead of obsessing over like what your cousin said. Yeah. What's what's actually interesting in real time too, that another like side benefit of having committed to eating healthy, not drinking, like focusing on working out or doing something to move my body every single day. The eating better part has been easier, working out every day, like there's just so much momentum, it's been easier. Drinking isn't a thing I think about at all. 
But because I just had this casual relationship for so long with drinking, I couldn't, I, there was no part of me that could contemplate being five months into not drinking that I now 100% believe I can do absolutely anything, mm. period. I can do literally anything. You tell me what it is. You want me to run a marathon? I can do it. You know why I know I can do it? Because I haven't had a drink in five months and I had drinks all the time for 20 years. Yeah. And so in a like really rad way, running now, because there, it takes no effort for me to not drink at this point. Yay for that also. Running has become this new thing to push the boundaries of what I think is possible for my personal athleticism or endurance or like just ability to work out. So, I mean, I ran five miles on Friday, six miles on Saturday. And when Sunday came, I decided to push myself. It was 100 degrees out and I ran nine miles. And when I got to the sixth mile and I was tired, I was super hydrated, totally had sunblock. Like, trust me, I was like taking precautions, but I wanted to push myself to run nine miles in that heat on that day because I wanted to show myself that I could. Yeah, It's just reinforcing this thing for me of like, you can do anything that you decide to do. Yeah. I think it's worth saying too, I mean, this kind of goes with getting in shape, but this sort of wraps around the whole thing. Training as a couple, pushing yourself, doing under, like, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but if you want to make out more with each other. We are literally at the peak of the sex that we're having Come in our on, lifetime. that's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It is. Here's the thing. If like your sex life is not where you'd hope for it to be and you're looking for ways to try and make it better, working on your, your health, health yeah. as a possible like You have more thing energy. That, yeah. You feel better about yourself. You're yeah. more confident. If you're training for something together, you're like going through these endurance tests, whatever, it bonds you in a totally different way than you have been before. This is also a great thing. If you have kids, like Dave t all the time, like throws Noah in the stroller, put the ki put the boys on the bike, like go as a family. It's such, it's just good. It's, uh, everything is good about it. Yeah. Third time down, mm -hmm. back in the gondola. Mm -hmm. I gotta be honest, the first half of three, was it as bad as the first half of two? It was way harder for me, and I'm not sure why. The first half of it is just, it sucks. The first half is hard, but for, you know what I think part of it is? The old sun's come up. Mm -hmm. Sun, sun, Mr. Morning Sun. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's bringing it today, so there's that, but... I think you're really in your head. And yeah. not in a good way. No, no, no. I, t I, I turned on a different uh, music selection, mm -hmm. changed everything. You got um, worship music going now? I got That's my, when you know here's the bad. funny thing. I got my most played of 2018. So it goes straight from Ja Rule right into <laughs> a little oceans. Well, you listen to Ja Rule in 2018? Somehow. Okay. I was dreaming of the fire festival and it came right on. <laughs> All right. That's seven down. Oh, you are like sounding like a, like, I don't even know, an announcer. I, I'm like past the point where I even have English language. Oh, see, the weird thing is, I have to start, like, <laughs> manufacturing. Like, we just got to the top, and I was like, 98's up here, make some noise. Like, Which is weird, because your number's 96. But 98 in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> number one in our hearts. Um, Look how, like... It's dark. So we're... Let's describe the scene. We're in a gondola. We're it's in a gondola. Black. It is 9.30 is at night. We've and just finished our seventh climb, which means we've done 16.1 miles. 
How many out of hours have we clocked? 29.9. We've clocked, well, we 16. took a little bit of a break. So we, I mean, like we got oh, up 14. at, we started at six and then we took a, yeah. an hour Just break. Like 15 or 16? It's like about, 14 or 15. it's about 14 hours on the, on the old hill of so climbing. far of climbing. And so as we're in this gondola going down in pitch black, along the trail are anyone who's also still climbing and the only thing you can see is their little headlamp. That's the gondola, don't be alarmed. The good news is we're more than halfway through. Yeah, honestly, that is 16 out of 30 is more than halfway. So we got six climbs left. We're gonna get two more in tonight. Yep. And leave four for tomorrow. Three that count and one that's a victory lap. Yeah. They all count. You don't like that I'm getting as excited as I am. No, I mean, I want you to bring this when we're back at the starting line. The gondola is like the chance to be mellow. Goodbye, podcast. (laughs) My two favorite experiences that we've had when it comes to this endurance training thing were experiences that one like that we basically didn't know what the heck we were getting into yes um, one of them has not yet happened and i'm calling it my favorite because i have to I keep like, like positive mindsetting myself for what we're walking into but the one that we had on our trip to ireland for our 15 year wedding anniversary where we without any designs on running a half marathon hopped into an adventure half marathon which, in case you're wondering, is like you're running a half marathon over the top of mountains on the side of a cliff with like 50 mile hour. I'm not making this up. It was it the was, craziest thing we've ever done. It was it was the most strenuous, hardest uphill, downhill, uphill, like through what looked like moon like terrain. Yes, it did. But but that when we got finished with that race, I was so proud of us. Me too. I just thought. How cool, like basically, how cool are we? I thought we were so cool, also, which we were nerds, but I thought we were so cool because I was like, I am so proud. Like, who we were 10 years ago couldn't even fathom a world where you land in a country, you don't know that there's a half marathon, but you are in half marathon shape at a moment's notice. Like, Oh, to run over mountains. Oh, like, I mean, I'm so the, proud of us. The entire mindset flip. We talked about it on like how to be your best every day, including on vacation. But just the mindset flip of I don't need to abandon all of the discipline and all of the habits that we have on the every other day of our life when we come on vacation to have a good one. Mm-hmm. You can maintain the stuff that makes you feel awesome in your every single day life while you're on vacation. It might actually make you have a great vacation. It'll definitely have you coming back from vacation feeling great instead of feeling like you're starting from zero when you start getting back into your normal routine. I want to say, too, earlier I said, like, you know, it's one of my favorite things ever running. And I want to be really clear. Race day is my favorite. Oh, yeah. It's so powerful. It's so special. It's so cool. The training isn't, I mean, certainly long runs, like there's magical and you're listening to music and you're working out your stuff, whatever, but it's not the training that's compelling. It's that feeling of committing, you did it, you got here, you put in the miles and now you get to do this thing together. For sure. So the next thing that we're doing is crazy. It is crazy. And so we have committed as a couple, we've always had, whenever we are done with like with a half, we always have we always get the next one on the calendar for like six months later. So we try every six months to do one. 
And that's been amazing, but we're like, okay, what is something new? We need to level up. We need to try something. And we were having lunch with a friend of ours who was telling us about this thing called it's 29029. Yeah. Which is 29,029 feet. Yeah. Where you climb a mountain, not like with ropes, but like you hike a mountain. And you get to the top, and then you take a gondola back down, and you climb the mountain again, and then you take a gondola back down. And you do that. You climb the mountain. You have 36 hours to climb the mountain 13 times. And when you have climbed the mountain 13 times, you have climbed the equivalent of Everest. So we're Everesting. We're Everesting. And it is soon. It is is like two weeks. It's two weeks? Three I think it's it, three? whatever it is. It is soon. It it's, is so it's, soon. Yeah, it's actually it's three weeks. Two and weeks, so two or we, three weeks. It's like it's also very interesting because they like tell you ish how to prepare, but not really. The fact that there is a headlamp. Yeah. Because you we will be. It at night. You have to. You have to climb through the night, or you will not make it through thirteen ascension. I mean, like that. That's bonkers. Yeah. To me. I mean, we've been talking now to some people who've done it previously and even like their advice of like, you have to do it in a, in a like with a crew. Like, so yeah, we're going, go the two of us, but like yeah. find a friend and turn it into an opportunity to like talk or mastermind or, or like have a little bit of, yeah. About it. But if you, if you go solo, by the time you get to like the eighth time up the mountain, your, your brain will start telling you that you're too tall to run. Yeah. You know? I'm, um. I have all these like theories about how we're going to do it or how it's going to be. And I just feel like you don't know until you don't know what you don't know. They have a tent for us. Yeah. It's like glamping. But I'm like, my gut says, I, this is probably, I'm sure this is not possible, but my gut says like, don't stop. I I see. I totally agree with that. I feel like if you stop, like if you're like, okay, I did four times. I'm going to go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and do the next thing. I'm just thinking about running. Like everything hurts so bad once you stop that you like shouldn't stop. No, I, 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 I completely agree. I, the idea of stopping sounds like a terrible idea because of the way your brain, your mind will start convincing you that you should not move from here. Like some defense, from 100 years ago yeah. like it's just like your brain is like protect yeah protect shut so down we don't i mean <laughs> who even knows what we're doing we are training and we're training basically like we're gonna run a marathon but mixing in hills like i'm you know putting the old treadmill up to 30 percent incline and walking for an hour like that kind of thing um we don't know how it's going to turn out we don't know what it is but there's like this sort of thrumming excitement, what is it, like the unknown of how hard the challenge is going to be or guaranteed there's going to be moments where I'm like, I don't got it. And Dave's going to be like, screw you. Yes, you do. Keep going. And vice versa. He's going to be like, I can't, you know, I'm afraid of heights. Like I can't come on and be like, then put your eyes on your shoes and just keep taking another step. Like The thing I have to get over because I've brought it up so many times is the altitude oh. because the altitude is is the like the, the thing I keep on trying like I get altitude sick and we're climbing up 
past 9,000 feet. Then throw up and keep going, that's, brother. And that's, and, but that's what I have to say. Yeah. Is that, like, hey, if I get sick, I get, if he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. I, you know, it's like, if I get sick, I get sick. And I'm going to keep on keeping on. I got to like get I'm past it. I'm most worried about like how many bathrooms are on that. Because I... Pee in the a, woods. No, that's easy for you to say. It is easy for me to say. Like, I am. I just need to know, like, at what mile is there a potty? That's what I'm... <laughs> that's truly the only thing I'm nervous about. Because I can mind over matter anything else, we, but I don't want to Did we decide it's like three miles up? Is that what it is? I don't know. Because that I would thought, be like 40 miles of climbing in, in a day and a half. Well, how many feet are in a mile? Because it, it's twenty nine thousand feet, right? Well, let me do it. Let me do a little do calculation. A quick calculation. I mean, Thirteen times up. I mean, this is the worst part of a podcast. I know, ever. ever. But look, the point is, maybe this is something that doesn't sound like it's for you at all, or maybe you've thought about this for a really long time, and this, I hope, is the catalyst to. To not to just search and not to research, like sign up for something, choose something together, commit to it and try because no matter what happens when you're trying together, when you're working toward a common goal, it's going to make you stronger as a couple. And, and it's going to change the way you think about what you're capable of as a couple. If you can run this race... Could you also parent these kids this way? Mm. If you can not drink for five months, could you also like do right? The the way that I've been able to, as a person who's been super fixed mindset over the course of my entire life, change the way I think about what's possible for me by providing myself evidence of what I'm capable of has been a fundamental game changer in the last, certainly in the last couple of years. And so push yourselves into these new places so that you can show yourself of what you are actually capable of. You'll shock yourself and then start believing you can do anything. Here's the other thing that I'm going to say, because this is, this is real. And some of, some of you, someone needs to hear this right now. You guys need a win. You need a win. You've had a hard year. You've had a hard two years. You've struggled. You've overcome stuff together. You, you, you know, dealt with the loss. You dealt with the sickness. You dealt with the debt. Maybe you're still dealing with those things. Y'all need a win. You need to emerge victorious across the finish line together because you have, you're in it, you're in the bunker, you're staying by each other's sides, but you are staying by each other's side, getting beat up. And this is a way for you to outside regularly scheduled programming. I don't care if it's a 5k, 5k is three miles, guys. You've got that. You need to do something together where you cross a finish line and you both get to experience a sense of pride for having done something spectacular and something you didn't think that you could. So if that is you, if there's like something on your heart that says like, man, maybe we should, no, this is your sign. This is Dave and Rachel telling you to challenge yourself, challenge yourself to do something you didn't think you could do. It's not that far each time we climb the mountain. What do you mean? It's only about a half mile, if, if like what my math is suggesting is correct. There's 5,280 feet in a mile. 5,280 feet in a mile. So, and so if you climb 13 times. It's like 0. 0.4 miles each time, which unfortunately makes me worry that it's very steep. 
Dang. We got to recheck that math. We got to check our, 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 I don't even know. We got to check everything. This just became something even more spectacular. Go out and push yourselves, y'all. It's what your relationship needs. If you like this episode of the Rise Together podcast, take a picture of this very cover of this. What, what are you taking a picture <laughs> Just of? Just screenshot the podcast. Oh, yeah. Screenshot the podcast. Put it up on the old interwebs. Tag us, Mr. Dave Hollis and Ms. Rachel Hollis. Use the hashtag Rise Together podcast. Tell every human being you've ever known about it. And then tell us what episodes you'd like to hear. We're making episodes specifically because of requests from the audience. We talked about running races because we were asked about running races. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Rise Together. Go live your best life. One of the awesome things about being on this trek is that you end up running in every once in a while to a longtime listener, first time caller. Steve is climbing this mountain, but really Steve is here to say hi to one human. Uh, I am here to speak to my wife and to let you know how much I care about you and how thankful I am uh, for the Hollises and the transparency, the vulnerability. And honestly, you guys don't have to do a lot of stuff that you do. And I think that's so cool. So I love you. And I'm thankful that you bring people into my life like the people standing right next to me. I love you. I'll talk to you. Steve, that'll get you to the top of the mountain, man.